Hello, and welcome to the end of my self-stigma podcast series. This will be, as I just said, the last episode, episode 6, an overview of self-stigma. So, I'm going to go a little bit off the track in this episode, in that this is kind of unscripted and this is rather raw, but I just want to do an overview of this whole topic and this whole passion project that I'm working on. Um, I do admit that it has been a while um, since this passion project has been going on, and to me, it seems that I completed it in a rather short amount of time. Um in spite of this episode, and that kind of affected my stance on self-stigma. Once I started the project, I was kind of looking forward to it, and of course, as a student, I have some occupations and some expectations of myself that I need to get done, so those were kind of obstacles in this passion project, but regardless, Um, I do not, I don't regret having this passion project, nor do I regret the topic of self-stigma or talking about it. I think that in this podcast series that I've made, I think that I want to make a whole new podcast series, and so I'll let you know if I'll do that in the future if you'd be willing to listen to it or if you'd be interested. Um, I'm not sure whether it'll be on self-stigma or something as simple as just me kind of making a diary entry of my own life, um, but regardless of what the future holds for me, um, in terms of podcast series, I do not think that this project was a regret. Would I maybe have liked to do something else now that I'm thinking about it? Perhaps, but this project has gotten me so far, and it's made me, it's kind of made me realize what I want to do and who I want to be. Coming into this project, I thought I thought that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Um, still, that thought remains in my mind, but when I was thinking about it, there wasn't a realism to it. It was just, I'm going to be this and everything's going to bend to my will and I'm going to be a psychiatrist. But it's not as easy as that and this project has got kind of, um, given me perspective on, like, the whole realistic side of psychiatry and whatnot. So, as I said before, what the future holds for me, I'm not sure, but I think I'm still interested in this kind of thing. Not as much as I was going into this project, but it still holds my interest. And to get these out of the way, I wanted to clarify a few things. Um, To kind of transition to, I wanted to talk about the sources I used. In episode one, I used the website Info Ohio, from which I found um, an article about mental health stigma by Angela Harmon, and it was in the Salem Press Encyclopedia of Health. In my episode two, I referenced an article called Mental Health Stigma by Isabel and Peter Haddad, and it was from the British Association for Psychopharmacology. Um, in episode three, I talked about an article I read called Self-Stigma in People with Mental Illness on Schizophrenia Bulletin by Amy Watson, Patrick Corrigan, Jonathan Larson, and Molly Sells. Episode four, and please forgive me because I think I might say these names wrong again, I, um, 
I talked about an article that I read called, in an experiment, to a lesser extent, um, called Stigma and Difficulty Accessing Medical Care in a Sample of Adults with Serious Mental Illness by Dr. Leisha Ostro, Dr. Ron Manderscheid, and Dr. R- Ramin Mojtabai. I apologize if I butchered any of these names. Um, in the fifth episode, of course, it was my interview with my therapist, Kaylee Hively, and she listed her credentials in that episode, so I don't want to go too far into that. But, yes. So, I just wanted to kind of get my sources out of the way, and this is, this is my overview of the project, and yes, more or less, it's my overview of it. It's a summary of what I've found throughout the whole project, albeit unscripted, which I apologize if you lose interest in the lack of scripting or anything like that, because, um... I understand it's boring to hear me ramble on about my sources and whatnot, but I did want to do this for myself and for those who were actually interested in listening to this whole thing. So, what I learned from this whole project, more or less, from this podcast series, from this topic, I learned about self-stigma and how it relates to mental health illness. That was my goal in this whole project. In short or perhaps not in short, with the length that I'm talking. Mental health illness is... I don't want to say underrated. Definitely not underrated. Underrated is not the right word to use, so I apologize for that. Um, I'd rather say it is overlooked. Of course, as I said in the first episode, the media and um, other forms of entertainment portray mental health illness in a terrible or not a very reputable light, and self-stigma kind of ties into that. As I've said five episodes from now, apparently, um, self-stigma comes in steps and, of course, somebody internalizes stigma that they receive from the public opinion. And it's not just... It doesn't last for a day. It's not like, oh, I must be weak, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, well, I feel fine, so I guess I'm not weak anymore or anything like that. It is, I don't want to say everlasting, but it's long-lasting. And I definitely wanted to note that ways to overcome it are, there are ways to overcome it, for lack of a better phrase that I wanted to say. So, as my therapist said in the last episode, education is a way to overcome self-stigma. To be educated is to get rid of the stereotypes that TV portrays or that media portrays. To educate someone is to get rid of the idea that people have... People have the blame for their mental illness. Like, they should be they should feel guilty for their mental illness. To be educated would pretty much relieve this ideology. And so education is very much so the key in fighting self-stigma and trying to diminish it. Of course, there will be some people, which sadly I think this is kind of the truth, but from my perspective, there will be some people who will be educated on self-stigma, but 
who have it, but they will not listen. Although I have never personally had self-stigma, and I apologize, I'm trying to be careful with my wording here, but I've never had self-stigma, but from what I understand, it feels like a heavy burden on your shoulders. It's a labeling of your own self with your mental illness and that you can't do anything because of the public stigma where you internalize it. And if you think that you are right and you don't want to hear anybody else's opinion or anybody else's thoughts or even the truth, it's going to be hard. And that's why it lasts so long. Some people, (laughs) myself included at times, some people are stubborn and they believe what they want to believe. So education is a major factor in helping, but it also relies on the individual willing to participate, willing to fix these issues, willing to get rid of it. And of course, it's a cooperation on both sides. Both education and cooperation, I believe, are the solution to self-stigma. It affects people differently, of course, as I've tackled before. Um, I have gone into what self-stigma is rather clearly. Um, and yes, I, as I've said before, I'm really glad I've made this podcast series and I'm glad you've been here, listener, to listen with me. I've hope, (sighs) excuse me, I hope I've informed you sufficiently and (sighs) thank you for your time. Goodbye.